Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. Just when you thought you've had enough changes, here's another one. Welcome everyone. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Lieutenant Tracy Dorgan. And this is the first time that we've been on a podcast together. It is. I know. And, and I've, I've, I've been, been doing it for so long. I've done it twice with Erskine. I know, but that's when I was gone. Yeah. But I mean, now we get to do it together, so it's all good. It's all good. We'll do more. <laughs> so how was your holidays? I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Well, it actually went too quick. As yeah. But you know, I had so much farm work to do, but it rained oh, yeah. so much. All it was was just mud and slush and I couldn't get much work done. So yeah. I still have a lot of farm work. <laughs> <laughs> but the holidays were great. We got out and rode the horses on Christmas Day and Aww. it was beautiful. Nice. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> But I got to see family. My uh, brother and sister-in-law came down, as well as my grandmother. So that was nice to see them. Yeah, and you moved. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank <laughs> I'm so glad that that's over. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's always such a stressful I know, time. and especially right, like, right before Christmas. I was like, this just was not, this was the worst timing. But, I mean, it worked out because my brother was able to help and my sister-in-law and then they, we had an early Christmas, so then mom was like, well, we're just going to sit here Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so let's just go to Columbia and unpack. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to go unpack. Yeah. <laughs> so Christmas was just another day for me this year. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the last three years, we haven't actually celebrated on Christmas. It's either been before or after because of, like, the way it Life. falls or schedules. Yeah, so I don't know, but yeah. I wish I could have got to Pennsylvania the last year, but hopefully this year I'll get to make it up there and see everybody Put it on else. the schedule already. You know, with our work, like how hard that is. <laughs> <laughs> like you can schedule something and it's like, then something comes up that's like urgent and it's like, oh, what do I do now? Like, so yeah, I try not to plan too far in advance, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. Just to get the time. Yeah. But so today is an exciting day because we get to talk about something that we don't really get to talk about. So we have some guests coming in to talk about an event that's coming up and hopefully um, see what they have to say about it. I look forward to it. So today we have Staff Sergeant Eric Lawrence. He's the State Marksmanship Coordinator for South Carolina National Guard. And we also have Staff Sergeant William Cox, and he is the Assistant State Marksmanship Coordinator for South Carolina National Guard. So thank you both for being here today. Good morning. Good morning. So, could you explain a little bit about what that entails, the marksmanship coordinator, I guess? Um, basically, we used to go around the units and teach marksmanship, but now we're actually uh, doing courses um, for the state. We're doing three different courses now, so the units are coming to us. We're not going to them. Traditionally, we would go to the units, do preliminary marksmanship instruction, um, but the G3 has kind of turned our world around, and now we're doing, as you know, the new, there's a new qualification coming out for rifle. Sorry. Oh, I did not know that. Neither it, did I. When's Jeez, they're changing the PT <laughs> test. They're changing the yes, marksmanship. So, so what? what's going on? What the, is what's going on with this? So we're doing the <laughs> individual weapons uh, training course. We, we're doing two this year. Where's this at? At McCready? Yeah, we're doing it at Argentan. Uh, okay. Staff Sergeant Cox is the is the lead on all the courses. So we're doing a IWTS because it's changed. It's not uh, BRM or uh, now it's called PMINE, which is Preliminary Marksmanship Instruction Eva and Evaluation. 
So you got the IWTS. We're doing a OIC RSO class because we have people in the guard that um, they're not comfortable right. opening and running ranges. E five O one O two, just not comfortable doing the OIC duties and RSO duties. So we're doing a course for RSO OIC. We're also doing a machine gun course um, here this year. It's going to be a five day course in. Hmm. August. Sergeant Cox looks like he's excited about that. He is. There's <laughs> so many moving parts to all of this. And you said the AFC, uh, ACFT, the new, the new mm-hmm. PTTS is coming, and that's a, a very big thing. And a lot of people know about it. Apparently, judging by your reactions, <laughs> the weapons qualification not only is changing, it's going to change in a huge way. I mean, a huge, intellectually intensive, time-intensive um Commanders and their uh, training sergeants are going to have to sit down and work together because there are six different tables, sections of training, and you have to complete four, if not five, before you ever go to the range to shoot a qualification score. And these are day-long or half-day-long events before you ever. So it's not like we go to drill one weekend, we sign out our weapons, and we go to the range. Like now it's you have to take these courses and training, and then go to the range. And, nope. and they're all gated, meaning if you don't do table one, Can't don't do go table to table two, and so on and so forth. And there's, it is a very good thing in the long run. It is a, is a very important thing and a very good thing, but it's a fundamental change in the way we do. So is it changing, you know, you do your prone unsupported, you do your prone supported, and then you do your kneeling. <laughs> go ahead. Obviously, no. Go ahead, because it, everything is changing. Oh wow! Kneeling barricade, standing barricade. Oh, okay. So We're incorporating. That. Yep. There are barricades. Use of barricades. The good news is you can use the barricades to steady the weapon. So when you're standing and you're kneeling, you can lean against the barricade, and you're encouraged and taught to do this. But you're shooting targets out to 300, kneeling and standing barricade. Oh wow! And so all of us old people who've been in 20 years. It's a it's a culture shock. It's a, it's a <laughs> it's a change of basically our way of the way we've always doctrine. Right. So our doctrine is being turned upside down right now. I mean, they did that to me throwing the kneeling in. I'd been doing just transported right. in foxhole for yep fifteen years. All of us did all that in, in. In, in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it it's. <laughs> when the manual came out, they said, I need to print a copy of this manual because I just started doing this thing this summer. And I said, okay, I went to the, talk to the print shop. I need, a, I need a couple of copies of the new manual. And I said, okay. And they printed it out and they put it on my desk. And I walked in a couple of days later and there's a, there's a tower of paper on my desk. <laughs> I said, what is that? They said, that's your, that's your three copies. Wow. They're 800, it's 832 pages. Now, bear in mind, this, this encompasses pistol, rifle. All, all weapon systems. Snipers. Um individually shot weapons snipers have a qual now too okay. yes yep so there's a there's a lot of changes but there's no more laying on the ground um being spoon-fed commands and giving time to change positions hmm. you're gonna have four magazines it's gonna be on your kit you're gonna start off in the standing position and they're gonna say watch your lane and wow. targets are gonna be coming up and going down so when you shoot 10 10 shots you better reload um, because they're still coming. That's kind of a hint that you need to reload. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a pause, about 7 to 10 seconds, something like that. And then there's going to be more targets coming up. But instead of singles and doubles like we used to have, it's going to be singles, doubles, triples, and quads. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> just on the fun side, my family and I go and we do uh, 
I think there's a, a carbine range going on. And so you do, you run through, mm-hmm. and you have targets that you shouldn't hit either. Are there going to be targets that you sh- – I mean, I guess they wouldn't be called targets, but, you know, there's there innocent are, there bystanders. Are, there are no no shoots in this, okay. but mm-hmm. there are also no alibis. So if you have a weapons malfunction, you best get the fixing because no one's stopping anything. You know how we used to go out there and uh, get multiple times to qual? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a one and done. Mm. And if you do go back, they I think you can go back once. If you go back, if you don't, if you uh, don't call, you can take a second bite of the apple. But your you your maximum yeah, rating, no matter how well you shoot, if you shoot forty one out of forty, you know, <laughs> if an extra bad guy parachutes in and you can, you re- you receive a minimum score. Right. You, you well, that's how it is with our our testing, our written tests. You know, if you bolo your first test, you never get a max score. Right. You get passing. same principle. Same yes. principle. Okay. Same principle. So have they implemented this yet, like in a testing phase, or is this just going to be thrown out active at one already, time? Active duty is doing it now. Um, basic trainees is supposed to be doing it. We just talked to a guy that graduated from basic training last there, last month. Yeah. And he they said, haven't done it? They should do an old qual. I think it's – I think there is a little bit of institutional confusion at both active and reserve components because – Active is still trying to get – there's some infrastructure things that have to change, mm-hmm. the barricades and whatnot. And on the reserve component side, there's a, a timeline. So active duty is already officially doing it. Reserve component, we are in the trans, – this is a transition year. Right. Like we're trying ACFT. to get our, rage, our, our ranges correct. We're trying to get people taught up, which is what we're doing here, trying right. to teach these classes to get the word out as to what's coming. So – when you qualify the way you've been doing it for, what did you say, 15 years, it would take 14, maybe 15 minutes to shoot the qual. Right. right? So I'm like, you're going to be done in less than five minutes. Oh, wow. Four and a half minutes to shoot a qual now because there's no commands. There's no just go. Um, lock and load Yeah. your 10 round, your 20 round magazine. You know, watch your lane. Nope. Give me one command and you're going to be doing everything else on your own. All so your- is there still going to be 20 lanes? Or is it one person going through at a time? You know no. how you know we still be multiple lanes. Okay. Okay. Like um, still be range fourteen has I don't know the how many, uh, sixteen right. Hundred yard target is going to change to a full size silhouette versus the dog the half, half size dog target they call mm-hmm. it. It's going to a full size silhouette now. Um, but you got the multiple engagements, and in order to get expert, you got to hit at least one three hundred. In order to get sharpshooter, you got to hit a two fifty or a three hundred. And uh, you know you got marksman now, and you got qualified. Oh, interesting. So it goes qualified. <laughs> so you got twenty two, the twenty three, the bare minimum twenty seven or twenty five, whatever it is. You, you're qualified. You get no promotion points. Marksman, you get twenty five. You know, and then sharpshooter fifty, and then expert seventy five. Now, what about zeroing? Is that still going to be the same? No. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited you guys here today? <laughs> I know. Allow, we weren't even to supposed to be talking about that. I know. <laughs> Y'all did. I'm just going to derail the whole thing and launch my 45-minute soliloquy on zeroing and grouping, which yes. are not the same things but must happen. Seriously, the, um, grouping and zeroing, which was given hurry up and get it done so you can go qualify. hmm is its own animal now with its own table. And before you zero your weapon, before you move the sights in any fashion, you have to shoot 
a group, which is measured with an overlay. And if you do not shoot the group, there's no reason to touch your sights. That's true. Yeah. So this whole doing the fundamentals thing has become kind of codified and laid out logically. There's no, there are no, there are no, you know, get your three round magazines and let everything's five rounds now. <laughs> which, which, if you think about it, gives you a better reference mm-hmm. point. No, absolutely. And you can have a flyer. So mm-hmm. if you put four rounds into the four centimeter or six centimeter circle, depending on how good you are, how good you tell people you are, <laughs> <laughs> then you're good to go. You can have a flyer. Flyers are expected and they happen to everybody. Now, if you only get two or three, you need to go back and figure out what you're doing wrong. Um, so, yes, so grouping and zeroing are on the same table, but grouping is a step that must be accomplished before you're zeroing. But it's a different target now. The zero, the zero target, the little the little mm-hmm. dude, 25-meter, uh, the little 25-meter zeroing target is, is gone now. Bullseye target. It's a bullseye target now. With a little white diamond in the middle. It's easier to see. It's honestly easier to see. Yes, Your front sight shows up much better. But then that doesn't that throw you off when you're actually shooting mm-hmm. at a target? No, that's actual. That's actual true zero. So okay. I'm not going to get into the whole science thing, but <laughs> is is how your eye works, um, how your eye perceives circles, and how you can perceive how pictures are aligned on the wall, you know, level, and also how you can see if something is in the center of a circle versus off to the right or left. Your eye likes things that are circular and it likes to center things so the bullseye target gives you a true zero in relationship to the circle that's in the back and then the post that's in the front it's just a it's just a better way to zero and there is there's going to be confusion but should be no confusion because it has every adjustment for every optic in every sighting system that the army has at the bottom of the Zero target. So you remember on the on the the old one. I'm using finger quotes here. <laughs> the old one that had the the boxes on the side right. with the numbers, and it would tell you how many clicks for your side. No more. It has minutes of angle. <laughs> Welcome to math. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to math. The good part is, all of your sight, be it iron sights, um, different C- iron sights, CCO, um, ACOGs, CCO, ACOGs, whatever sight system you're using, it gives you the multiple for whatever clicks, so to speak. So if you have a CCO, you have the 68, which is the little red dot, right? So if you turn it one click, it tells you it moves it that much of a box. There's still little boxes on there. They're quarter-inch boxes, basically. It'll tell you how much of a box. So you just have to look down and figure out, okay, look on your rifle. Oh, I got an ACOG. Look over here. Okay, it it, uh, one click moves it mm, that many. Yeah, You say, I need to move it eight squares. Just take eight, multiply it by whatever the number is. Whatever the number is, and it gives you the amount of clicks. Hmm. Once you figure it out, you're like, oh, oh. But when you look at it, uh, the first time I looked, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. this is not. Right. Does the calculator come with it? Because <laughs> and it's also made on right in the rain paper, so the Everybody days when it rains and they, you know, fall off, they don't, they won't do that anymore. Yeah, they have right in the rain paper, so they're waterproof. So nice. you mentioned ACOGs and. CFCs, CCOs, CCOs mm-hmm. uh, will be will we be using those? Because I've never That's gone to a range with. Those. It depends on the unit. I depends think depends on the unit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It, it depends on your unit and your mission. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, basically, 
A lot of units only give ACOGS to officers and senior enlisted. That's just a rule that they make. It's, there's no set rule. Um, but it also should be based off of that person's job. Individual right. mission. You know, individual mission. Uh, are they a crew serve guy? Are they a uh, infantry? You know, are they a rifleman? Are they a scout? Something like, you know, right. that, nobody, different things. Nobody's going to deploy with an iron sight these days. They're going to have mm-hmm. some type of optic if they deploy. For the most part. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. And, I mean, some people like them, some people don't. I I don't see any difference for me, at least, shooting iron sight or with the CCO or whatever. But That sounds to like me like you practice the fundamentals. If you practice the fundamentals with iron sights, you can shoot just as well as anyone would. Uh, Eric has a, a, a target in our office shot by the man who holds the world record in bullseye shooting. Herschel, Herschel Walker, Walker, Herschel Anderson. Sorry, Anderson, different <laughs> guy. Different Herschel. Yeah, I don't know. He might shoot too. That's a running back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he set this record with iron sights. Now shooting against people with with optics, and he it's in the late sixties, early seventies. Yes. Oh wow. And still set it. a record that has not been beaten. So and it can be done. And we're using optics. Hmm. And Just no saying. one's beat him yet. But um, instead of eighteen shots, now you get thirty shots. Um, on the grouping zero range. So now what they've changed to is on the target. They might have said it on the old target too. It says your rifle is not zeroed until you confirm at distance. So now you're going to group zero on the zero range. At 25 meters. Yep. Then you have to move to the qual range. You're going to get five shots at a 300 meter target. This is not zeroing yet. I mean, you're not qualling yet. Mm-hmm. You're going to get five shots at the 300. Hit or miss. Then they're going to pop up the 100 and the 200. You're going to get 10 shots, ever how you see fit to engage those two targets. That's what they mean by confirm at distance. So you get a total of 45 rounds, which almost doubles, close to tripling Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of bullets that we had before Mm -hmm. to group zero and confirm at distance. So the confirm at distance, I think, is going to be a gracious benefit for people to actually see where they – because everybody's eyes are different. Just because you zero at 25, not zero at 25, I shoot real low at 300. Mm-hmm. I'm not shooting center. They say, oh, well, it should be back on at 300. Well, it ain't for me because it's the way I see the sights. The math is perfect. Math is perfect. But people are not perfect. Right. So you have to make some fine-tuned adjustments mm-hmm. once you push it out in real life. You know, the whole in difference between theory and fact is there is no difference. There so is, in fact, there is. our idea or our concept, so we have all we have a skip page um, with all this information on there. We also have drawn up some training plans for training NCOs, training officers. Recommendations, not the gospel. Not to say this is doctrine, you got to do it this way. We made up different training plans because the guard has to be flexible. Because you go to a unit, it's hard to get everybody at that guard unit doing one thing mm-hmm. they're doing multiple things they're driving vehicles they're doing this they're doing this they're doing NCOERs they're they're doing multiple things so you're gonna have to kind of like take shifts do half the force have the other half doing something else that's kind of what we based it off of so but can the first tables be done at the unit yes so we can do it like over two or three drill weekends or does it have to be on the same drill weekend that's correct two or three drill weekends mm-hmm. yep. okay. uh, generally 
each table is either a half day or a day block, so wow. to speak. Um, tables one, two, and three are non-firing tables, so they can be done at the unit. Sergeant time training, something like that, mm-hmm. you know, lowest common unit, um, squad, platoon level kind of stuff. Only It's only when you get into the uh, table four, you're grouping and zeroing, that you have to have a range. Table, sorry, table three, there is a, I'm going to say this wrong, and then I'm going to say it right to correct myself. <laughs> there are some things you have to do for table three that's probably going to be difficult to do at home station because the program of record is SSVT, which is a soldier squad virtual trainer, which we don't currently have in the system right now. Um, I think in a couple of years there's some plans to have them. Virtual reality, you know. all. Yeah, that. it's pretty cool stuff, but I think, I think the closest one might be at Benning. But that being said, an acceptable alternate to that is the EST, okay. which – a lot of places have access to, or mm-hmm. a lot of units have access to, um, as long as they're up and running and everything works good, if something happens in that situation, dry fire is an acceptable, also, um, alternate beam plan hit. for that, which can be done with the rifles themselves. You can use the beam hit lasers. There's a number of ways you can do that. So, table three might be done in-house or might be a trip to the EST, just depending on if you have scheduled it and you have access to it. And the EST is at McCready. Mm-hmm. Correct. Over there by the call for fire trainer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you got um, table five, which the times are condensed. So it's, the, you, it's the same, it's a practice same thing as the qualification except harder. That's the only difference. Yep. Harder so that actual qualifying is easier? That's exactly correct. So the times, the times that the targets are up are shorter, the times that the targets are down are shorter, and you have induced malfunctions. There's a dummy round, a yes. drill really? round somewhere. It's a dummy round somewhere in, in your four there. magazines. Wow. So, so you really you, have to know your weapon, too. You, yeah. If you can do table five and shoot well, you are going to smoke the qual. Mm-hmm. For real. Well, that's good. It's mm-hmm. also more of like a, I guess, like an ego boost. Absolutely. So you're talking about 45 rounds of zero? 40 rounds of qual, so that's 85. If you shoot to practice, add another 40, so yeah. 125 rounds. Now, with all this change, though, how do you see, at least for South Carolina Guard, like moving towards that? Like, I mean, you see how we've gone with the different units and going to the ranges and how our qualifications are now. How do you see implementing this that's completely different and moving forward with it? That's where we hope to kind of make a difference in – getting these people to come to these courses, training NCOs, but we want these people to be shooters already. Uh, we kind of, we're going to vet them day one. The kinda. time is limited. It's only a two-day course. Only two day the time course. is very limited, so we don't want to start with right. the very bottom. We know. want sharpshooter and above, um, and then we're going to vet them. We're going to make them shoot groups before we even, before we even let them come through the course. They're going to have to show me or show us that they're going to be able to shoot a group. Because that helps you know that they know the fundamentals. Exactly. So we can kind of weed the other people out. But I'll let him talk about that. He's going to teach them to, to do things. <laughs> we will do things, yes. And we'll do many things. <laughs> there will be many learnings. He's going to teach them to sh- shoot better in the two days, if possible. He's also going to teach them to teach what to look for, how to train our up-and-coming uh, changes in force on how we can implement these changes and make it 
fluent and not hard like I know it's going to be. <laughs> it's 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 a big process, but basically what's happening is the responsibility, but also the expertise is being pushed down closer to the individual soldier, which in my opinion is a better thing because the individual soldier is where the rubber meets the road at the end of the day. If something has to happen, right. if someone needs to be shot, he's not going to have 25 people coming by and advising him how best to go about doing this. Or he's how to fix have his to wec- weapons jam. That's right. exactly right. right. Yep. It will be on the individual soldier. There's 15 sets of drills, too, that you're supposed to accomplish. There's a whole block just for drills, and it's 15 different ones, which is one of them is malfunctions, one of them is how to load it. Um, you know, it's... It's going to be very time-consuming. Yeah, but I think in the end it'll be beneficial because... It should be. It should, she, units should show up to the range ready to go. Mm-hmm. They should have... You're going to have problems, children. You know that. But all in all, you're going to have a... Which is kind of what I envision when we used to go to the ranges with people. It says, hey, you know, let's, let's pull a, guys, a couple guys to the side, five or ten guys... Let them stay back here on zero range. Let us work with them some because we really can't help you on a qual range. I mean, we're not supposed to go out there and tell you what targets are coming up and going down, but people let us. But just take these guys. And Fort Benning's offering a course now um, called the Marksmanship Master Trainer Course. It's five weeks. Wow. You're going to hear more about this as yes, time because goes on. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's in the manual, and they want every unit or battalion to have a guy that's a marksmanship master trainer, and it's going to come with a ASI okay. as well. So um, all that's been done is in the works. It's done deal, and it's written into the manual. And just the manual was written by people who shoot competitively. Oh, It was written by the Army Marksmanship <laughs> Unit. And that's a perfect transition into why we actually invited you guys here today, right? To talk yes. about the tag match. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so we said we, all that to say this. Yes, yes. we, we kind of got off topic because you threw us for a Yes, yes. I wasn't Screw expecting ball. any I mean, of that. <laughs> <laughs> thought the ACFT was bad enough, and now we're relearning keep everything. keep at it. What's, uh, what's next? I mean, I don't know. I don't, let's, okay, anyways. <laughs> so the tag match, I yes. mean, um, I really didn't know much about it until I had some people in my old MP unit go and one of them was the, in the top 20 and mm-hmm. I still didn't really understand it. I've kind of been around you a couple of times with the mark, marksmanship team, which was pretty cool. So could you kind of explain a little bit about what the tag match is and when it is and how to get involved in it? So it was, um, we cut it short and call it the tag match, but the long name is Warfighter. Let me see if I can remember. Warfighter training sustainment or sustainment training exercise. Warfighter sustainment training exercise. But basically, um, we're taking fundamentals but applying them rapidly and consistently in competition and times and matches and allowing people to operate as a team, um, negotiate obstacles, um, you know, run, um, carry do uh, litter carries, all that kind of stuff. We're incorporating a bunch of warrior task type stuff, but also um, scoring the targets and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a competition, both team and individual mm-hmm. mixed up in this thing. Different tasks, different weapons. You'll shoot pistols, you'll shoot rifles, you'll shoot shotguns, you'll shoot sniper rifles. There'll be all kinds of things. Sometimes machine guns. 
Yeah, just have depending on how, how it changes from year to year, kind of keep people guessing so they don't get too confident, cocky, and <laughs> rolling there and act like they're gonna, you know. Yep. But it's uh, it, it's it's pretty intense, but I enjoy watching the teams that come through mm-hmm. because it usually they're they're four man teams. Sometimes they'll have um, subs or coaches or whatever, but just to watch the the the, the good-natured competition between different guard units and a little bit of trash talk in a good-natured way, and they're egging each other on, and they're pushing each other to do better. And uh, you can quickly find out if you're deficient in something, and uh, it might be PT. You know, if you're, uh, say, you're carrying a, a litter with a 160-pound dummy on it back when your buddies and you're the guy slowing everyone down, you know, it kind of <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I'll be doing a little more running this next month. So it, it, I enjoy working it. It's really long days, but it's one of those things where you truly enjoy doing it. So how many teams usually compete? Hmm. Well, the past few years have been kind of slim. So um, we're willing to accept 15 teams. So one per 05 command is kind of how we – work it out but if let's say med command don't put in a team come january 15th it's a free-for-all okay so if the infantry wants to put in five teams come on if i got room i let them like uh we just got done talking to colonel ramey i think he's putting in four teams from the double a oh wow they are gunning for this thing so, so if you're field, not in the double artillery a. and then <laughs> from, from the double a mm-hmm. uh, but you know we incorporated the sniper rifle the past couple of years, and people really enjoy that because there's a lot of units like AA, MPs, um, whatever the case may be. They don't get the opportunity to shoot that weapon system. Now it's a down and dirty class. It's nothing intense. We pretty much zero the rifle for you, tell you where to hold in the optic, and most people get hits. I mean, it's not that hard. You only shoot out. Say not that hard. But shooting a suppressed sniper rifle out at when we have them four or five, six hundred yards and hitting steel and hearing that thing hit, it uh, people tend to enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. and, and the targets reason. the targets like a half target. You know, it's about this big. Yeah, it's it's a legit shoot know. for real. Yeah, I, my first time actually seeing the tag match, I went out with when it was uh, General Livingston, mm-hmm. and he just got to get on the sniper rifle and he. Ping. <laughs> He's like, yep. Yay! There you <laughs> go. Declare victory. Yeah. And we shoot out of the tower sometimes, or we shoot on the ground. Just just depends. We try to change it up every year. This year, we're going to incorporate some different targets um, coming from our international uh, counterparts, the Canadians and the Brits. Um, they have introduced some targets on the other competitions that we shoot nationally and regionally. So we're going to um, incorporate those targets this year. They're more forgiving. Well, I say more forgiving, but they you can't see the scoring rings. Scoring rings are like a light yellow, pale color. And from a distance, you can't see the scoring rings. You just got to know where high center mass is. Yeah, where high center mass is. So you just, that's where you want to aim, which is also too. Army's big on lethality now. So all the targets we used to shoot here, we're going to be shooting. All your targets with scoring rings are going to be raised up to the ch- uh, high chest area. Now mm. that's where all your uh, stuff's going to be scored. Now instead of two to the body, one to the head, mm-hmm. it's going to be two to the upper chest and one to the head. That's mm-hmm. your body armor failure drill. So when exactly is the tag match? So February twenty eighth will be check in. That's where we're going to do 
all the weapons checks because some people do things to rifles they're not supposed to and pistols, make the triggers lighter, put different recoil springs in them, you know. So that's where we'll do a, a maintenance check. And then basically we'll go over through, we'll go through all the courses of fire to make sure nobody has any questions prior to the match. And then after lunch sometime, we'll take them out to zero on that Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday will be the matches themselves. Yeah, Sunday we try to get done around lunch so we have time to compile the results, see who makes the governor's 20, see who gets EIC points, um, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you might want to go into the EIC and the Governor's 20 a little bit because I think a lot of people would like to get some EIC points. Yeah, so go <laughs> um, the Governor's 20 tab, we kind of based it on the same premise as the President's 100. Before, we had 30 competitors. We gave away 20 badges. We realized that some of these people, not the fact they don't deserve it, but they they didn't shoot well. They weren't great shots but they got a badge. So that's when we kind of had to rethink the whole situation about when our participation was up, it was fine. 60 people, I don't mind giving away 20 badges, giving, awarding 20 badges. But so we had to change all that. So now we do 20%. So we base it off 100 competitors, the top 20%. So if we've got 100 competitors, we'll give away 20 badges. If we have 50 competitors, we'll give away 10 badges. So that's kind of how we had to mitigate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's worked out better that way. But I also had to invoke a new rule because we keep having the same people come back. The CST, not to call them out, but yeah. every they have, some, they have some good shooters. They got great shooters. They got good shooters. And they keep coming back. Um, field artillery, I mean, it's got some great shooters. Uh, the infantry guys, John Jordan. Um, Stucky, Patrick Stucky. You know they they had great shooters. So I, I am I put a rule in where if you have the presence hunter tab, you're distinguished in rifle or pistol. If you have the Chiefs fifty badge, you know all the different awards. If you have twenty or more EIC points, you can only compete every two years. Okay, just way, to open it up to yeah. the rest of the guards because to have opportunity. Yeah, right. the MPs. <laughs> um craven you know he's he's a good shooter mm-hmm. um no doubt about it but every year he gets trumped by you know the guys that always get it so and we kind of want the people that do well and win the tag match over the years to kind of go full circle and start helping us mm-hmm. run the match and help us do things or if they want to be a coach for their team but we try to try to weed those people not weed them out. We w- we want to we want to take love. their yeah. expertise right. and, and share it with the other shooters. Right. Really. Yeah. So they have the opportunity to earn the governor's twenty tab, and also the pistol or rifle EIC badge, which is the excellence in competition badge, and it supersedes any qualification badge that you can wear on your uniform. And it comes with a set of orders from Fort Benning, and even officers can wear this badge. So you know, officers can't wear uh, qualification badges. They can wear excellence and competition badges. But it goes to the premise of the Olympics. It goes bronze, silver, gold. So once you get these are this is just an intro, introductory leg. So you get four points if you leg at the match. So it's the top ten percent. So let's say we got forty people 
um, that don't have points, they are going to give away or award four badges. If they go on to the regions and the nationals and they start earning points, once they get to 20 points, they get a silver badge. Once they get 30 points, they get the gold badge, and they, they're considered distinguished. And that is engraved with your name and then the year you became distinguished. Oh, and, it, and it's a permanent order, and then you can wear it on your dress uniform. Um, but, yeah, so they have the opportunity to earn three badges, and we were incorporating the German stuff in there, too. That was a fourth uh, award that they could get, the shoots and snare. Okay, yeah. So with the awards, like the Governor's 20, the President's 100, is that something that you can always wear? Or is it like, because you said that people keep coming back, so does that mean that you have to keep requalifying in order to be able to wear it? No. They, they shoot it just because they like it. Okay, but, but if I, yeah, if I won it once, I could wear it the rest of my career. Well, some people call it badge protecting. <laughs> but yes, you can. Yes. yes. If you have the President 100 in, in 19, I don't know, some of the guys have, on the team have won it back in the 80s. Yeah, when 90s. actually the president actually signed the certificates. Oh. President so. don't sign them anymore. But yes, you can. Well, yeah, it, it's permanent, but by the state regulation, it's not, which I've tried to change multiple <laughs> times with uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name? The state chief of staff. Braddock. Braddock. Yeah, Mr. Braddock. Um, I guess I'm about to get a new memo signed by the new tag anyway. With the new Governor's 20 and all this other stuff, we got a lot of stuff in the mix since the tag changed that mm-hmm. we've had him sign in the past. So so how do you think you could, um, you said numbers have been dwindling about who's coming and you're yes. getting a lot of repeat. How do you think you can get new people in? We, we've tried different channels. Uh, we've tried Facebook one year. Uh, we've tried um, G3 pushing it out to the training officers, which it never, you know, it never makes it down to the soldier. That's that's the problem that we always see, even with these classes, the IWTS, and us going to units and doing training. Um, is is really building a uh, following. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, talking to the guys at the MPs, becoming friends with them, and inviting them to these other matches. It's know, like everything else, and just letting relationships, them, and just letting them see um, what there is. I mean, there's a whole uh, competitive marksmanship manual written by the Army. It's an Army regulation, AR 350-66. It's about 30 pages. You want to read it? It talks about Army small-wide competitive uh, events, and it has all the events. It talks about the Olympics. It talks about, I mean, there's, it's just knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's just people don't, people don't know that this kind of stuff is out there. And I try to educate people as much as I can um, about going to Little Rock to compete, you know, and going to um, Tullahoma, Tennessee, which is where our regional is held. But there's uh, all Army championships at Fort Benning. So we, we won the MAC-3 region, Marksmanship Advisory Council region, South Carolina's the region three champs for the past three years. So we automatically get an invite to all Army, which is held at Fort Benning, and we're competing against the 101st, 82nd, you know, all your uh, – divisions your major commands first army second army so we got an automatic invite to there but there's seven other guard teams that's going too because you got seven max so they're going to it's it's us you know um california vermont pennsylvania you know the states that win their max get to go to all army so we hopefully 
we were last year we were fourth place going into the last two days and then we kind of fell off the map because <laughs> we're doing different disciplines and stuff but to kind of circle around on the back side of the start of the conversation this is a this is a fun thing for the soldiers to do it's um I wouldn't say it's a low pressure, but it's it's a lot of fun, and there's you know, people you, you, as long as everything's running safe and people are kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, people really just enjoy the fun of getting out there and running around and doing things that they picture themselves doing when they join up in the guard. A right. lot of people, but if they do well at this, then they can start finding themselves traveling to other matches which are bigger more pressure but again when you do well it's it's a really it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and there's it kind of opens up a new world so to speak it's to fun that don't it's know. fun it's, it's great training it's great realistic training yes um but it's also um I'm trying to think of the word i'm looking for it's um it's a challenge to a lot of these people and i know some guys that shoot well and they buckle under pressure or they make a mental mistake and stuff like that. And we try to, you know, uh, and we help and, and we actually help these people as much as we can. I mean, we don't try to like give them an advantage, but we try to, you know, give them pep talk, give them some advice, you know, Hey, I see you doing this. So it, it, it all turns into a great training exercise as well. We try to be encouraging and helpful to every team and every shooter that comes yep. through there, regardless of their ability. You know, yep. if you're shooting great, hey, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. If you're struggling a little bit, might want to try this, that, or the other, something like that. Well, I know, like I said, I, I've known people to be in the tag match, mm -hmm. but I always thought it was for those that shot expert. No. You had oh. to be good before you went to it. No, oh. show up. So. You, can be, you can show up and be terrible, and some teams have done this. But you figure it out. Right. And it's still you, learning what experience do you lose? makes yeah. you better. We oh, had some, yeah. we had some RSP uh, cadets show up yeah. uh, right. sure. a couple, couple of years ago. We had two or three sets of them. Yeah. Um, they some had of no, them did well. They had no gear, you know, because they're still RSP. So a lot of um, their uh, section leader or whoever the E7 that was with them, forgot his name. But he, uh, you know, had to get them some gear and that kind of stuff. It was cold that year. But also, too, I like to see – um, you know, not to really make fun of people, but people that have to run and don't normally run, like the Germans, too. <laughs> you know, they hate to run. But e even even our guys, uh, I like to see the the misery and the agony as well. I mean, I, I like to see people. Man, you are not selling this. Thing. <laughs> I know. But it's but it's great when they, when I got to that litter carry. That's I love we're it. Not running, <laughs> but but it, it truly a little bit of stress. And there's yeah. few ways you can place people under stress when you're engaged in an inherently right. dangerous activity. We have to mitigate the risk, so we're not going to do anything right. stressful in that sense. But you know, a run or push-ups or burpees, something like that, can get the heart rate elevated and kind of create some type of stress. Right, mm -hmm. kind of like the best warrior competition. Yep. I mean, same, yeah. same exact way. So. Yeah. We're actually doing the stress shoot for it again this year. Okay. By some miraculous reason why oh, people what you looking at? People, <laughs> people volunteered <laughs> us again. I told them to kind of you know give me a break, but they're not. So <laughs> well, I'll be there. So <laughs> I'll yeah. come hang out with you guys. We'll be doing the stress shoot um, for uh, best warrior again this year. So they liked it last year. So I guess I should have did a bad job. <laughs> 
No, you just got to improve each year. I know. I'm always that way. Exactly. So, and then maybe we'll prepare them for the tag match because then a couple weeks after Best Warriors, the tag match. So, I mean. Yep. Never know. But definitely, um, I'm really glad that you guys were able to come this today and talk with us, especially about all this that we've talked about. And hopefully this could be a platform for you guys to be able to spread the word. Um, I mean, the studios here, you guys can, we can do anything as long as you have a plan in place and you give us enough time to do it. We can pretty much do any kind of video or podcast or whatever to get the word out. And whenever you guys have other kind of matches and stuff, I mean, I've, haven't been to one it's been over a year since yeah. I went to the one that you guys went to and it was a lot of fun to go out and see and I think maybe um getting the word out showing people what you do and maybe it'll spark some interest because I mean like I said I've heard of the tag match didn't really know what it entailed I've known people that have competed but when you're an M-Day soldier I feel like you're at drill you get all hyped up about all this stuff and then you go home and you completely forget about what's going on the rest of the month because I mean you have your separate life right. so um, I think maybe just oversaturating in a sense just pushing and pushing out there and giving them this information and all these different things that they can do outside of just drill I think will be beneficial and it shows them that um, the South Carolina National Guard has a lot more to offer than they really thought that we did so I'm really glad that you guys were able to come and talk to us today. Hopefully we'll have you in the future. Maybe we'll have you come back before the tag match since it is in February and just give maybe a little bit more details and stuff like that and just to say, hey, don't forget, this is going on and see what uh, what turns out from it. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So I'm glad that Sergeant Lawrence and Sergeant Cox were able to come in and talk to us today about the tag match as well as some other information we weren't expecting. Heck yeah. I didn't know anything about a new style of firing for qualification I know I mean, that's I, I was really <laughs> thrown a loop when they put kneeling in it for me and, and now yeah I, I now have to lose learn something something new. completely different again yeah I feel like they well I don't know I wonder how long it's been like in the making though because I mean the PT stuff has been in, they've been talking about this for several years yeah and now they're finally implementing it so it's like well how long have they been talking about this new qualification yeah and we're just hearing about it exactly and it's going to be implemented next year yeah <laughs> like for the other units I I know it's going to be challenging because I mean I've been in a line unit and it, like they were saying it's hard to um have everybody there at one time or have everybody sit down during a training because there's officers doing this and there's people in the motor pool doing that. So, I mean, I completely understand what they're saying. So I'm curious to see how the units, now that you have to actually do training beforehand, yeah. how that's going to work. But on top of that, I'm thinking like, how is the pad going to do that? Like, right. Cause before I was there, they didn't qualify for several years just because of the up tempo of the job and split training and all this and then they the last two years they've gone to the range but now I'm like how are we supposed to make do all this training and then go to the range to what it was it the practice the practice tables yeah and, and then yeah. to qualify like yeah how do you put how are we gonna put all of that into one fiscal year I don't know like I'm <laughs> you're gonna have to start doing more three-day drills or something yeah or maybe <laughs> that's your AT like yeah but I don't know because that like for us it's different because our AT is year round and then in December we were able to do training with all the PAOs which was awesome because there's a lot of new faces that I haven't seen I've heard names and stuff and we haven't been able to actually do training like 
a regular line unit gets to during their right. AT because we're going and we're covering this AT. Yeah, two-man uh, teams, teams mm-hmm. going out to cover the field artillery or the air yeah. defense artillery or infantry. Yeah, you always go out in teams, so you're not working as the pad. Mm-hmm. And how are you supposed to, when on a drill weekend that you might want to get this done, you're going to be covering infantry, doing something else. Exactly. So that was really, I'm glad that we were able to do that, but at the same time, thinking about going into this new fiscal year, like how are we going to, as well as implementing this new PT test, how are we going to (laughs) implement this new (laughs) qualification? I mean, it sounds fun because, I mean, you do the same thing for so many years and it just gets repetitive and boring. And when they tell you you're going to the range, it's like, I got to wake up early. It's probably going to rain. It's probably going to rain. <laughs> it's probably going to be, be hot. Or hot. <laughs> and <laughs> it's always something just not perfect. <laughs> yeah, you just, you mentally already have that set mindset that like, you know what it's going to be. So I don't know, maybe it'll be a lot easier or more fun. More fun. Hopefully more fun. Because, you know, and I, I just wanted to talk about a little bit of retention recruiting and retention, Yeah, a lot of our traditional one weekend a month soldiers, they get bored on drill weekends. Mm-hmm. So this might be a great challenge, you know, something to look forward to because it's going to take more than one drill weekend to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we get to do weapon stuff this weekend and we get to do weapon stuff that weekend. And, you know, it might be something better for retention. Yeah, I like I like that you bring that up because, I mean, how many times have we heard that um, people get bored with drill weekends or, like, they – they don't want to go to, well, they like going to the range, but they get upset at the fact that as a guard unit, we go once a year. Well, now you have to do all this training beforehand and you have to go to the range to, for the practice course before you can qualify. So maybe now we'll be able to go to the range more often and shoot more and get more practice so that we feel more comfortable. Right. So, because right. I mean, at basic training, that's all you did. Like, and then when I came back, like I was a pretty good shot whenever I was in basic. And then I come back and not saying I'm terrible, like I could still qualify, but it's like, it's muscle memory. Like, yeah, they say if you haven't ridden a bike for a while and you get back on, you're going to remember, but you're not going to really be as good as you were when you were doing it all the time. Right. Right. So I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be the same with the PT test. Like everybody threw their hands up and got all upset about it. And I think as time went on, people started to be more open to it after seeing, um, like, the training and, like, just the different things that come with it. Right. And And just because something's different doesn't really mean it's harder. No. But a challenge is always good. Mm -hmm. So the new PT test, there's a few exercises that are challenging. Mm -hmm. Not impossible. So it's going to be the same with the new weapons qual. Challenging, but not impossible. Exactly. And I think because... um, we have, like, most of us are M-Day soldiers, um, that it, I don't even know if I'm going to explain this right or put it into words, but, like, you go to drill, and you, you want something to show for it. You don't want to just show up and feel like you're wasting your time. Yeah. And so doing the same thing, going and sitting in, in briefs or annual trainings or, um, like, mandatory stuff that you always have to do. You always have to do op-tempo. Like, that's so boring. Like, every drill is like, got to get in the Humvee. We got to put 150 miles on in. And then it's like, well, you got to do all this other stuff on top of it. And so I think breaking it up maybe will help. Break and up a drill weekend. Exactly. And make it more fun and interesting instead of you dreading going to drill. 
Because, I mean, for newer soldiers, you don't want to put a bad taste in their mouth their first couple drills because they're excited. They just got a basic, like they're ready to start this. And then someone who's been there for 10, 15 years and they're just raining on their parade, then it kind of puts them in in a bad mood or dampers on their excitement. Yeah, Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to have them come in and maybe go into more detail about <laughs> about everything. Right, right. I mean, Sergeant Lawrence, you could talk to him for hours, and he could he can like he was saying, get into the science of it. I've heard him talk about the science of shooting, and I'm like, how do you even know all of this? Yeah, like it's just crazy. Maybe even do some training videos. Yes, that would be cool because mm-hmm. um, we've done other kind of videos like the education stuff. So I think having something that soldiers can go to outside of drill. Like our YouTube, that's what our YouTube should be for. Like they can go and listen to our podcast. They can see what we've done throughout the year. They can show their families what they've done. And having a source for them to be able to access easily, it makes it so much simpler. Because, I mean, if we had all these different training videos, whatever it is, when they're at home and um, it's not close to a drill weekend, like it's the middle of the month, they can just sit there and watch them. And it's like a refresher course in a sense. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens, hopefully. And then if there's anything that you guys um, want us to talk about, maybe some videos you want us to create, leave us a comment in the comments below. Um, If there's anybody that would like to come on and talk to us about a specific topic, let us know as well. Um, Definitely make sure that you're liking and subscribing to our channel. We're not as close as we wanted to be for the new year, but um, we're still inching up there. I think we're at 390 right now. We wanted to hit 500, but hopefully with the new year, we'll get some more subscribers and some more traction to the page with all these new changes and stuff that we're adding to it. Um, so yeah, well, I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Lieutenant Tracy Dorgan. And we'll catch you in the next episode.